0: And we're live, Rink Rat Report podcast. We we're really hoping tonight for there to be a Stanley Cup champion, but uh, alas, I guess we gotta wait a little bit. Not saying that we have to wait till after Game Five; could be Game Six. Who knows? Maybe the maybe Tampa Bay's mayor cursed them a little bit. But uh, as always, joined by Josh and Jason here tonight. Let's go, Josh
1: Anderson. Woo! We love Josh Anderson. He's our favorite player. Makes $5.5 million dollars for the next six years. Yay! And he can't pass the puck. <laughs> but what's a pass? He can pass it to himself.
0: Pretty much. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good. All that matters. He
1: can try and pass it on the net and hope it b- bounces off a goalie. But I guess that's a, called a shot, right?
0: Yeah, it's a that's shot. That's still technically a it's shot, not a shot. pass. But, I mean, it um, works
1: for him. What do I know? I clearly don't know anything.
0: What do we so. know? <laughs> I mean, like the funny thing, you you, you, you make comments about the way that he plays his style of play and 9 out of t- every 10 games you're going to be right you're you're going to look like a genius and then uh that 10th game though he's going to put two in the net it seems yeah. that but seems <laughs>
2: exactly what's happened this playoffs actually like, he has three games with
0: goals yeah and uh you know he has five total now so he doesn't even points. really
2: play that's the other thing people he played 13 minutes tonight
0: because what are you going to play him to do I don't know he seems uh, is he a shutdown player is Apparently, a power play yeah, specialist. He's an all-around stud.
2: He's a horse. <laughs> they say he's six, a horse. He's
1: six three. Oh, he's, That's about it. He's also he's big, secretary. Fast.
2: He's a horse.
0: He's big and he's fast. He's a I'll horse. He's that. like
2: ninth on their forwards a nice time. He's a horse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was he's a good built goal for, built for the playoffs. I'm
2: uh, happy for Habs fans. You know, in the building, paid a heavy price to go to that game. I'm sure. Would have sucked to lose in overtime. That's like that would have been oh, tough. Yeah. I mean, the fans outside, everyone's having a good time there. Good for them. Like, I'm happy that they get get at least one win. Like getting swept in the finals is kind of a tough pill to swallow. At least you have that little dopamine rush from post one game, like one win. I'm saying, like, yeah. at least you get one.
0: Yeah. Right. I don't
2: know how many
1: more they're gonna get, but that's true. We'll see. I picked them in seven, so I'm still
0: alive. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. I said six, actually. So okay. I
2: said five. So we're all there still we alive. Wow. That's good.
0: Well, yeah, because we kept getting burned by saying Montreal's going to get just shit canned, and then Which they
1: kind of did tonight. Actually, they got absolutely pumped, in my yeah. opinion. Oh yeah, that's the small thing. Before we get into, that. I'm gonna, i just, I, I can't wait to see the takes tomorrow about how the line changed, the line shuffling did so much oh for the team, God. the scratches. Like this is, this was by far their worst game by the, far of the of, the of the series. Like it's not even, it's not even the worst game of the playoffs, honestly. No, I don't know about that. They played it. Leaf pretty poor. The Leafs
2: smoked them pretty bad a couple
1: times. Yeah, maybe maybe game two or three was their worst. But this is this is up there with one of their worst. This was not, not a good performance. And I think the like the i my eye test it agrees with the the stats. Like this is their their worst expected goals performance by far in this series so far. So
0: oh yeah, but what was crazy to me was you're down three zero, backs against the wall at home. You got this passionate fan base, and they came out and the shots were 10 to 1 halfway through the first period. They got a little bit more life, they got back into the game a little bit, but then Tampa started stomping them again, but like to me that was just a little bit uh, if I was a Montreal fan, I would have I would have been sweating oh, yeah. after that start to that game.
2: So uh, really the big change that I saw was that you know, they moved Anderson up with Suzuki and Caulfield, right? Mm-hmm. They scored in the first period, so it's hard to say that it was a a poor move. The overtime goal was kind of like a jumbled line change. There's a bunch of guys on the ice. But, like, that was a pure Nick Suzuki play. Yeah. Picks off the pass, forehand, backhand, pass to the front of the net.
0: Backhand sauce. Yeah, it was
2: a great pass. Josh Anderson just fired into the back of the net. Good. Good finish. Their line got smoked the entire game. They got absolutely smoked. Mm. They had six shot attempts in three periods, and they had 20 against. In addition to that, the Jason pointed this out. Actually, the goal they scored was against the Tampa fourth line. Yeah. It was, if you look, it's a pretty poor defensive play by both Patty Maroon and Matthew Joseph, which is pretty yeah. ironic because those two guys, again, on against the Anderson Suzuki Caulfield line, just due to the, the if that was when there was three guys off for both teams in the box. I mean, they they tied the game up. Great pass for Matthew Joseph to Maroon, so they redeemed themselves. But yeah, I just that. Line change. I mean, in practice, it worked because they won.
1: Whatever. That's not really how we look at things. Like they did not play well at all. Yeah. No that that line didn't look good. And I, I think like like you said that that was that goal was more Suzuki than anyone. As as long as there's a right handed shot there. Mm-hmm. That's all Josh Anderson kind of did was be a right-handed shot in oh. the slot, and he scored. He did
0: finish? I it mean, was goaltender. <laughs> you got to give him that. I,
1: I I mean, he did like it was a good move by Suzuki putting it into completely open space, and he did have a lot of net to shoot at. He kind of shot in the middle of net. Yeah, actually. like it's not like he did like most most NHLers should be able to score that goal, especially with yeah. a right-handed shot at that angle. It's uh, I'm yeah.
0: watching it right now. Let's see where he. Yeah, middle it's, of the net. He gets it up, though. He does, but... Yeah, decent positioning. Maybe
1: Zach Hyman wouldn't know. score
0: that. Though. I got a <laughs> All right, that's true. Zach Hyman, 90% of the Leafs, we'll just say, in the playoffs. Um, on top of this, though, but yeah, I do agree. Uh, like, 90% of that goal is Nick Suzuki. That's a great move around David Savard there. The sauce to get it over David Savard's stick there and just tape the tape and Josh Anderson there was just... It's a spectacle. He's a great player. But, um, yeah, uh, Josh, piggybacking off what you were saying, the expected goals being 11% for that line is um, is tough. But, you know, there was a bad change from Tampa Bay. So bad so that they had, like, they had six guys on the ice at one point there, and they were very jumbled. And then, obviously, Montreal takes advantage of a a poor defensive lapse from Tampa Bay there. But, um, overall, I got to say this game was boring. Yeah, I almost felt the, the best
2: stretch was when after the entire energy line for Tampa and two defensemen and a four for Montreal got those p- offsetting three minors each mm-hmm. that like little six minute stretch there was the best hockey of the game by a mile wasn't even close. We had two goals, one for Montreal, one from Tampa in that time. Other than that, it was a weird game because it felt like Montreal made a con- like concerned effort to come out and be more aggressive. But I thought that really backfired on them because they gave up five power plays to the best power play in the league. it they really played with fire this game, and most of them were, like, I would say pretty deserving penalties. There were some that weren't called tonight that were definitely penalties that I saw. Like, oh they don't God. call cross-checks anymore. That's just not called. And that's on now. both ends. Like, that's on, not just... They yeah, just yeah. straight up don't call cross-checks. No, but not know. We talked about it earlier. It was Montreal's penalty kill versus Tampa's power play. Well, Montreal's penalty kill won, and maybe a little help from the post, but still, hey... you. They had five power plays. they didn't score. How many I mean,
0: posts was it total time? Three posts.
2: Four, I think. No? I, I with can't the Kucherov remember. at the end. I and think. and but, one of them did tip off price. We made yeah, like a, he made a great The other save. two were bang right off the post that I saw. So oh, yeah.
0: the most damning one to me was uh Kucherov coming out from behind the net, yep. sneaking out from behind the net. And then McDonough to Kucherov, just straight off the post like.
2: How about Ryan McDonough and yeah, that wow.
1: pass he made on on Goudreau's goal too? That was, two, a that nasty, was a nasty. I'm pass. pretty sure he also made a defensive play on the on that like. He did on the so original like
0: the play the right play after before, yeah. right after the first goal the puck came around it was like a odd man rush and he was able to block it like almost like. It was weird because he didn't, like, get down on one knee and block it with his knee. He kind of, like, stayed up and kicked at it. Huh. But whatever works, it right? Works, that yeah. guy's a horse. He's a defensive <laughs> menace, but he's also got some offensive prowess to him. I mean, I didn't look it up, but he's in his career, he's gotten 35, 40 points oh, before. Yeah. Like, he's a
2: Muzzin type. That's what I compare him to. He's very much like a Jake Muzzin.
0: Yeah. I'd say almost a step-up offensively yeah, than Muzzin. I Yeah, I
2: think he's just a li- He's a little more been a little. He's been hurt too, but lately a little more
0: durable. That's a guy too. though that can play hurt. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. he drag him and Lungfist, more so Lungfist, but he helped to drag that uh, New York Rangers team, the 2014 one that went to the finals and lost, like on a oh, broken yeah. foot. Oh yeah. He was on a broken foot, and he dragged that team there. Uh, he like- made
2: Mark Stahl look pretty good for a lot, oh, yeah. a long time.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um, we haven't even gotten it to... Let's get into game three thoughts. What did you guys think about that game?
2: I was Honestly, that game felt like it was over before it even started. Tampa scored, what, two in the first four minutes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The second one was like a little bit of a softie by Price, right? Like, slips right through Hedman's wickets, as they say. It's coming oh, yeah. home. But, yeah, that game felt like it was over, honestly. T- Montreal did get that one to make it 2-1, but then they gave up a 2-on-0 right after, and Kucherov makes it 3-1. And then at that point, it's like... How are you coming back from that?
0: When you look at the flow of the game, I thought it was pretty interesting. Again, Montreal on home ice,
2: Stanley
0: Cup playoffs. The flow of just looking at the flow of the game, not even like an analysis of the gameplay. The flow of it, you give up too quick. You're uh, like, okay, you're getting stomped a bit, but then you get one back. And then at the end of the period, you actually get a good chance, and don't capitalize on it. But you finish the period, you got some momentum, you're only down by one, and then what happens? You give up another two, and then it's just like four one at that point. You get one at, like later in the period as well. Okay, third period, maybe a miracle push, and then nope. nothing. It was Can- just like it's very strange to me. Can
2: I say something? You pointed this out three podcasts ago, and I've been thinking about it since because I said, you know. Vegas going back home against Montreal, they'll get that boost from that home ice advantage. And you said, I don't think the home ice advantage, like there's obviously no way for you to quantify that. What you said then too, it's like the home ice advantage is more valuable when it's a close game at the end than right at the start. And honestly, I completely agree with you. Looking yeah. back, like I spent this these last two games are a great example of that. Like to start either of these games, Montreal looked terrible. Honestly, even though they went up one nothing this game, they were not the better team to start. No. But man, at that overtime, after they killed that penalty, the barn was rocking, and they got a goal right after. Again, I don't know how much of a difference that makes, but
0: thank God I got you here. I forgot I said that. You one. did say that, yeah. <laughs> but I did, and you were that. right
2: in the Vegas series because Vegas lost that game, then <laughs> lost the next yep. one in Montreal. And th- I mean, looks like you're right again.
0: Damn! All right, all right say a lot of things on these podcasts. You got to remember the good ones that were uh <laughs> bring up later there. I thought it was also interesting in regards to game three. Vasilevsky was terrible. Those three goals, I think all three goals from Montreal were not very good. They were stoppable goals. Like, that's a gift. Andre Vasilevsky is one of the best goalies on the planet, and he gives you three muffins, and you, the defensive juggernaut uh, Montreal Canadiens, almost said Toronto Maple Leafs because... That's what I'm always thinking about, but the defensive juggernaut uh, Montreal Canadiens gave up six total in that game but five on Carey Price. And like, it was just like so many defensive lapses. I felt like, I I don't know, like they're trying to play a more aggressive strategy with their D, but like when you got certain guys jumping up, is it really a benefit up there versus more of a, a negative i want to say like is yoel edmondson up in the play really going to do you any good <laughs> like even other guys up there like it, it, i i just thought i don't know bold move caught and we'll see how that plays out so.
1: <laughs> yeah no, that's that's fair i i, I don't know like they're may, maybe the idea is that they're not really generating that much so they want to try and generate more so maybe activate that that D, but they're not like High skilled, like
0: or a counterpoint. Yeah. You can play your best offensive player. Uh, yeah, yeah. he has been in the press box? Yeah, that's I don't
1: know. <laughs> that's weird because remember we were talking about in the uh, the intro or the the pre the preview for this series. We were talking about if Tatar going to play. We were all convinced that Tatar was going to play. When um, no chance, um, Arm was Ar- play? I know Ar- he has Armia no was no chance out. of playing. He's it's literally insane. Not play. He's in the doghouse. He's like he's absolutely in the doghouse. I, I, I have no idea what he did to Dusharm If it's his like. I don't know.
0: But what uh, was interesting, going back to the Leafs series, do you remember after Game 1, or even in the preview, where we are like, if the Leafs are going to need a little bit more um, finish and a little bit more talent up front, and you're going to have to sacrifice that defense a little bit, you're going to put Galchenyuk in. I feel like Montreal was in that same sort of space after Game 1, even Game 2, yeah. Game 3, and they still haven't put the Deneau in. Like The notion that he's bad defensively, to me, is also... It's, it's not accurate, I don't think. I don't know. Like, maybe he didn't play as well as you expected in the Toronto series, but, like, you have a full body of work over this past season to look from as well. Like, it's just, a, it's confusing to me why they're not playing yeah, him. And you, then they pull and Yemi tonight. Like,
1: that's a I great point. I just want to make sure everyone knows that was Tatar, not to know, because you did slip up there for a sec. Um, Yeah, Tatar oh, is, I did. yeah, <laughs> it's a little late. Tatar is, is, he's good. Like, the off, the, The stats nerds love him. He's not... uh, According to the stats nerds, the analytics guys, he's not that big of a liability on defense either. Like, he's a good two-way transition player who can get points. And that's, like, kind of what Montreal needs. Like... And, again, like we said at the beginning, they're probably going to... Like, Ducharme is probably going to get praised for what he's done with the lines. But, in reality, I don't think it's... It doesn't seem like a long-term fix. When I say long-term, I mean over the next 3 games. Like, it's not I don't know if this is a solution that is you I don't know if this is an experiment where you can repeat the outcome and the same thing is going to happen
0: again. Well, I mean, look at it. He was like pretty firm on not playing Romanov. It seemed like yep. for several games and what happened? You put Romanov in the lineup this time. What happened?
1: Scored. I think scored. it worked
0: out pretty damn well. <laughs> I yep. don't know. 7
1: so, seconds into a shift, scored.
0: I don't know. Maybe play the other guy that you're refusing to play. See how that one works out for you. Yeah. I feel like the moment they put him in, he's, he would score. Maybe, yeah, hundred percent. But I don't know.
2: The other thing about all these moves, it's like, what, what is Kotkinami for them? I don't know. I really don't know.
0: The yeah, like, if, one, like I love I Jake
2: Evans again. Shout out St. Mike, so it was in the same class as him. If he, if your seventh rounder who played college is like preferred in a stanley cup final over your top five picks on the last year of his entry level like something's a little off here i don't know what it is like even if kakiemi has been terrible the first three games which i do not think he has been terrible no it just seems like wow like wow it's like a little shocking
1: and it's not even like they're picking i saw this on twitter and like some Habs fans almost complain about it. it's not even like they're picking evans over kakiemi they're picking eric Stahl, who kind of hasn't really been that good over Kotkaniemi. It's not just like one... There's other players who could potentially dry out and Kanyemi who should probably stay in. Because I don't think he's their... Thir- like I think he's better than their 13th best forward. And when you take him out of the lineup, you are saying... Basically, he, you think of him as your 12th or 13th best forward. And I, I just think he's better than that. At least... I don't. Know. I'd say I'm an. I'd say we're all pretty unbiased on much. We're probably too harsh. In on my them, opinion, if you took the three guys they have
2: out right now, Jonathan Druin, who's out for different reasons, like hopefully he gets back and, and good. Is, but probably. I'm just saying hypothetically, Drouin, Kanyemi, and Tatar. You could argue that would be their second or third best yeah. line. Like, yeah, probably. It's no, kind of weird to think about. But <laughs> yeah, I, just yeah. something 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 I was thinking about today watching the game because man he. He's show so many flashes and it feels like he's just missing the confidence of a coach to say, you're going to play our two C slash three. C. you're going to play 16 minutes. You're going to get power play and you're going to go, go play. They've never given him that. It's always been like a little jerking around a little AHL up and down here in a, in the lineup, out of the lineup scratched for at the yeah. start, throws up the four against the Leafs. Like, I don't know. Something's off there, but
0: it was interesting. Ray Ferraro in one of the last regular season games between Montreal and Toronto, He was talking about Kakanyemi and and how it looks like he has no confidence. And there was a play where Kakanyemi got the puck in a decent scoring area and just kind of like one foot up, like took the shot, went over the net. And like Ferraro was just like, this is just so, it looks uninspired, not confident. Like, and this is your player that you drafted third overall over a lot of pretty darn good players that are making impacts in the league. And you're not... Like instilling that confidence yeah, to me—that's th- what I agree.
2: It's—it's it's a confidence. It's thing off. To it's I weird. don't
0: know. Like, he, like the tough love has—you've tried it long enough. I, I feel like they need to do something else with him. Obviously, the Stanley Cup Finals isn't the time to start doing that. But again, I agree, Jason. Kakanyemi is not their thirteenth best forward. He's better than yeah. some of these guys playing for sure. But anywho, anywho, any other. Thoughts on game three. What have you guys thought of Kerry Price so far this series?
1: A little up and down, but go ahead. James. I was kind of ragging on him a bit uh, today,
0: uh, ironically, before the game, obviously.
1: Um, and my curse my curse comes back to bite me. I was ragging on two people today specifically talking about how Josh Anderson has less, had less goals than William Nylander in the playoffs, and now he's the same amount. And I was talking about how Carey Price might be a little bit overrated, how some people were talking about... Maybe giving him a Vesna. I was honestly questioning his his entire body of work. Is Carey Price really as good as we think he is, or are we just being like only focusing on where he's really good at and not really looking at his bad season? He's a good goalie. He's great, but he's I again he's proved he proved me wrong today. He's he has the ability to rise to the occasion and be the type of player goalie to win you a game, and I feel like he. He did that, but he all, all, also a little bit of luck. But he, he good. What is it? Good. Good players create luck. Whatever. Luck is preparedness being opportunity. Whatever. Um, he's good. I, I don't. Know, I don't know what else to say other than he's. He's. He was good <laughs> he's today, a and he's, he's. And he's talented. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I. I. I tried to shit on him, and it doesn't work. And it's. You said some things tonight when
2: we were watching the game. I was like, "Oh, you're not a price guy." But I'm, I'm not, I
1: just don't think like. Okay kind of off topic but who's who's had a better career henrik lundquist or, or Carey price i saw that on twitter right yeah i voted
2: for Carey price but i feel like i'm being like
0: that's a tough one uh,
2: i don't know i feel like I'm being biased to canadian olympic stuff too like you always think about that yeah. for hockey i think i don't know why maybe we're just conditioned to think, think that Lundqvist way, but as
0: a world championship, I mean, yeah. in his country, that means a, a lot. lot, yeah. yeah. That's, and that's Lundqvist
2: a dragged a team to the cup final as well, yeah. We talk about like that Rangers Didn't team, did they go
0: third round the next year? The second, yeah, they there? had
2: a couple really a deep couple runs, deep he runs was great. With them, yeah. But yeah, he never won a Vesna, though. That's or did he win a Vesna?
0: I'm not sure, I think he might have won a Vesna, I can't remember though for but, sure. But
1: also, the Vesna is weird because I, I forget who I, I I think it was Friedman who yeah, was calling a GM, or god damn. Whatever it's it's uh, the vest is weird because it's like you're picking you're getting the GMs to vote for the goalies and the GMs are what are they they struggle so hard to find good goalies it's impo- they're impossible to find. obviously everyone would but it's like a little funny that he was saying that um
0: that is pretty funny actually but I'll, yeah
1: I'll say this I I the way I remember them Lunquist was way
2: more consistent in yeah. his prime like Lunquist for like I don't know may, I don't know how long it was may, five six seven eight years ish was like st- Every year, a top five goalie in the league, pretty much, in my opinion. If, even if he wasn't the best winning the Vesna every year, he was consistently really good. Price has had way more of a roller coaster. Like, his peaks are higher, but his, like, valleys are way, way lower, in my opinion.
0: That's on. Awesome. I, I, I think that's true. That's a fair way to put it. Um, in terms of what I think Price from this series itself, I mean, I personally, maybe I'm a little bit less harsh on goalies, but I don't think he's been as bad as people have said I know his save percentage is what 833 or whatever before this game but tonight we saw Carey Price he was awesome got a little bit of luck from posts obviously but he was rock solid at the beginning of that overtime I mean that game doesn't go to overtime I mean that that game doesn't go to like Montreal doesn't extend this series without Carey Price there he made some great saves especially one on Steven Stamkos I believe there was another one right before that as well like Tampa Bay is putting away the tough goals. And also, Tampa Bay is getting some pretty good bounces. If you remember, I think it was on the Mattu joseph goal or the Tyler Johnson goal, where Joseph came in two-on-one, gets a good shot off from a good angle, and then what happens on that play? It hits off someone's skate and goes to an empty net. Like, oh, Carey Price has got a have that rebound. Okay, how about you don't give the Tampa Bay Lightning that much time and space with the puck and allow them to get that good of a shot off and then allow them to get the rebounds, which you've been praised on your rebound control from your defensive aspect. Like I think Montreal's defense has been getting kind of exposed Absolutely. for how how they're not the fastest, they're not the fleetest of foot. And then Carey Price is you know, being the uh, it's the opposite of the beneficiary of it. I don't know, Have to, having to carry more of the weight, I'm taking the grunt of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just
1: gonna say maybe I'm also uh, because the expect. I feel like I, I I like to look a lot on Twitter. I like to look I like to look a lot on Reddit. And all these places, and I feel like the expectations for Carey Price before this series were like not expectations, but the performance was so high, and people were praising it so much that maybe I, I was my. What I thought Carey Price should be it was maybe like I, it took it, it took a shot down because of the first three games. He's he's been he was he was good. You're right. It's not like it's not like their goals that are like holy crap. He should he should have had that. Like it's 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 more so the team the, the team in front of them almost. It's like Tampa Bay is really good. They have I think 63 uh, percent expected goals for in the playoffs. I have or, or maybe goals for in the playoffs. I don't know. They score a lot of goals. They score a lot of goals, get a lot of shots. They're a good team. So, Carey Price is doing good. good. Here's the thing
2: though, like when I watched especially tonight, like they Tampa had so many shifts, like long shifts of sustained pressure. Like if, if we had like a stat where it was like time on time on attack kind of like in an NHL the video game, mm-hmm. like Tampa was All over them. I absolutely agree exposing that like Montreal's D, pretty much all series. Like they've had sustainable pressure nonstop pretty much throughout this series. And yeah, Carey Price has made some big saves. The numbers don't back up that he's played great. I think think he's letting a couple soft ones relative to what he would be expected for. But I still don't think like you're looking at this and being like, oh, it's Carey Price's fault. The Habs are down 3-1. No chance. Not even close.
0: No, not at all. I mean, there's a lot of other things that uh, yeah.
2: The D have been, in my opinion, the know, biggest issue. Three
0: goals going into Game Four, maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but exactly. yeah, agreed. Also, the def- the defense. Sorry, and, yeah, uh, yeah, just their players part, in general. Yeah, it's a hundred percent why they're down. Not Carey Price, but he hasn't been spectacular. But he, he it has not been his. Yeah. His fault. No. He's been all right. He's been all right. I'll leave it at that one. Um. All right. That, I think that goes through it. I mean, it's all the what can you say in a bit of a beat down game game uh, game 3 there um any other in depth thoughts on game 4 you guys had
1: um just kind of th- more th- like i i kind of just more of spitting thoughts throughout the whole series i uh, i'm just thinking about the the way like you were talking about sustained zone pressures i i hope everyone listened to the podcast the first podcast we did because if you're watching the games and you're you're, you're seeing what Tampa's doing you're seeing that they're sticking to their guns and their strategy of Two guys kind of in front of the net, and th- the the third forward up high, and they're they're. I, I think that that style of play helps them get that sustained zone pressure. There was one specific time I remember. I think it was in the third period where Eric Cernak actually pinched in to get uh, to retrieve a puck, and I forg- it was the goudreau gord uh, coleman line. I, I can't remember if it was Goudreau or Coleman but one of them was already high. One of them was in the corner with Cernak and Yanni Gord actually skated by and normally he skated from behind the net by the player. The, the puck is in the corner. Normally, if there's two guys in the corner, the guy would probably like stay just near the dot and and uh, kind of wait for that puck to get coughed out. And it, it he didn't do that. Gord instead came further back and kind of sat at the top of the, the circle. And what ended up happening was uh, Montreal got possession and they tried to go the other way and they couldn't because there was three Tampa Bay players there, even though two of them were forwards and they, they were able to shut down any neutral zone attack that uh, Montreal tried to bring to them.
0: Yeah. I feel like my, uh, Tampa Bay's defense is doing a great job of jumping up into the play, but the forwards are playing it responsibly and they're playing it very smart as well, where it's not three guys flat deep and then it goes the other way. And then on top of that, Tampa Bay's forwards have been, you know, decent at covering the points there i mean even when you look at the goal that was scored tonight the McDonough a barkley goudreau goal, mcdonough's in deep barkley goudreau's kind of hovering up high gets that open space bang it's in the back of the net there i mean we've seen it we've seen several more than several goals this series from tampa bay d you know jumping up into the play like that um i think at one point didn't we almost get a headman breakaway if i'm not mistaken yeah, yeah. like no I don't that's know. not a guy that's like also unchar- be going uncharacteristic
2: unnoticed. for un, not not the way that Montreal's D has played up until this point either, which is odd, right? Yeah,
0: so pretty crazy. But I mean, again, like I've said, Tampa Bay's team is the uh, the finest that uh, money can buy. Yeah,
1: I, I think going off of what you said there, Josh. I think like like we said before, tradi- like Montreal is almost the d- defensively is a team that it's built to beat those traditional hawk like traditional play of hockey teams with like the grindy like get in deep style of play and they're able to shut that down and uh tampa bay doesn't like they can play that way but they're not playing that way in uh this series for sure and they're they they actually one thing is uh they, they haven't dumped the puck in at all this series they've always they were doing it a bit against the uh new york where they had a few dump ins and like they would dump it into opposite corner, try and retrieve and they would successfully retrieve it. It's, it's not like it was something that didn't work for them before. It just seems like tactically they're just choosing not to do that. And they're trying mm-hmm. to get the zone in, with possession.
2: Well, That's if you thing. looked at when other teams would try to do that, especially the Leafs at the end of the series, like, Tam, like we, we talked about against Leafs, Montreal, would, they would sit back so far. So they were almost invi- like, they're letting you dump it in easily. Like the easy play is the dump in. Right. Mm-hmm. But then they're, defensemen are so far back. It's just a really easy retrieval for them, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a complicated play. They're bigger guys, too. They can take a four check. It's harder for them when you're coming at them with speed. You pick up possession in the zone. You start cycling the puck. That's when they really start to struggle. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so we'll see. I I think they finish it on Wednesday night in Tampa Bay. I don't know about you guys.
0: I think so as well. I think so as well. One last thing before we get into that I wanted to bring up. Have you noticed that – Tampa Bay has been inviting the board battles a little bit less. I feel like in game one, it was heavy, heavy board battles where it's Tampa Bay's purposely throwing it along the boards and then trying to win those board battles and then create space from that. I feel like now more. So they're stopping using their speed, stopping up, making the short little quick passes around and then creating space from that. Am I, I agree. I don't know if that's been
2: like a, Conscious thing for them. I just think th- it's. Cool. Kalorn's also out. That's yeah. from when I noticed it. I think it's also just cool to watch how many different ways they can win, yeah. right? Okay. Like especially in the offensive zone. So I, I I haven't looked closely enough to see exactly that. I still feel like they're winning board battles pretty well. Yeah. But I I I, would I think agree. I felt they like can they they're can do, inviting them less. Yeah, yes. I could but, see yeah, that. Fair. Okay, yeah. I could see that. And and again, even if they wanted to go back to the other style the next game, they could and they could win. Like. This is a team that can win in so many different ways. It's just so impressive.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, just the way they're built. It's just, <laughs> it's incredible, and I, I really, you really got to wonder how they're going to try to keep the band back. Keep the band. They're not going to gonna
1: be able there. to, unfortunately. No. I have some crazy trade scenarios that we can bring up in the off season, but that's that's for yeah. another. That's to lure lure you guys in for the list. If you're a Tampa
2: fan, enjoy that quote unquote energy line while you still can. Oh
0: yeah, that's all. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Goudreau and Coleman. Those guys are both for UFAs. sure gone. Um
2: Gord might yeah. be a guy that has to get traded in a cap crunch. Like, Yeah. yeah we'll see. But we don't got to get into that
0: yet. Not yet.
2: Enjoy it enjoy while it. you can. Yes. Same thing Sorry. with Montreal fans. So, yeah, hey, bowl, hey, grab that win. Have a couple beers responsibly or whatever you like to sauce Mulsons. on. Water, whatever. And enjoy. I'm sure they are in, in Montreal right now. Good for oh, them. yeah. For sure. It's been a good run. They won. They won against Vegas on their on a
1: Quebec holiday too. That's like that's huge. Yeah, it's
0: pretty Saint fun. Saint Jean Baptiste, exactly.
2: Saint Jean
1: Baptiste. One, one small thing: when they when Montreal scored, they I don't know why, but outside didn't seem as like hyped as you think they would be after you win a game in the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't know if it feels like they're. It kind of feels like they're dead men walking. They probably or. do feel like that a <laughs> bit. It's hard not to like it's just i just thought that was a little
2: funny it's also know. it's like it's like celebrating a group stage win in the euro cup it's like yeah okay, you did it but like we gotta win th- we gotta win three in a row against tampa here four yeah. in a row like <laughs> we what are we we're celebrating but oh god we got a lot to do yeah but, I, was, I like that jab.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah um lastly i mean stammer check what do you guys not got? as
2: good not as good you know what he's really become like a like I said it last time, he's a shot Power threat. Player. Other than that, like even strength, he's not a play driver at all anymore. Like I don't know if he's a center anymore. He could still be a thirty to forty goal scorer in the league, though. No problem. Oh yeah, there's value for that. But oh, I yeah. think I think it's not. He's had so many injuries. He's getting up there in age. His con. He's already almost done that big contract he signed, which is interesting. It's got three years left. Really?
0: I think. Yeah. Three, oh, three. years is still. Well, after- you're on the.
2: You're at the end of that. Yeah. Right, when you're there's five of th- five of eight down, right? That's I'm taking true. in terms of like even the movability of mm-hmm. a contract like that.
0: That's true. Do you think maybe they accoutre uh, of him this year?
1: <laughs> they could, like, they easily could. He's like, he's someone who has like maybe who knows I don't maybe he needs because so, I think he
2: wants to play in the Olympics.
1: Fair. Yeah. Fair. Wow, rate that's rate I rate never, rate I honestly rate. never considered that for the, he, mi- he missed it because of yeah. the injury last year. Yeah, yeah. and he got boned the the the, the yeah, first time exactly. when he should have been picked, but he and, didn't. Yeah, because yeah, whatever. That's politics, whatever. Um,
0: it is what it is. <laughs> but all right, I think uh, we've nailed everything with games three and four. Uh, you were saying, do you think they close it out Wednesday? Game I really five? do. I really do. I I I.
2: I would be surprised if they didn't win that game but we'll see what happens I'm sure Montreal will come out hot too but I really think Tampa's gonna win on home ice there yeah I, I'm in the same boat like right if now. you talk about like the intangible stuff like they won in an empty building last year right the opportunity to woo, you know it's, it's almost like you're combining two cups into one on home ice if you win isn't a, it
0: like hurricane season in nah they don't care
1: there, there was a storm surge in Tampa Bay <laughs> area
0: <laughs> t- like an actual today. storm like, yeah. like yeah. Chris yeah, CJ tweeted that, that yeah <laughs> That's what I, I mean. Like but, not the Carolina hurricane no, storm. No, no, like a legit storm <laughs> warning. <laughs> well, I mean, based on what the Carolina hurricanes, Twitter account did last year, I wouldn't be surprised if they were, you know, in Tampa Bay doing a storm surge, <laughs> Yeah, stupid, annoying account, but it is what it is. Uh, I think we've nailed all of that. We're going to be moving on. Uh, before we do, I, I mean, bef- like there was some tr- tragic news that hit the hockey world today. Uh, Latvian goaltender Matis Kivlenieks, I hope I pronounced that somewhat right. Um, He was on the Columbus Blue Jackets this past year. Terrible, terrible uh, fireworks incident that occurred, and it took his life yesterday. Uh, Just the, the amount of tributes that poured in from his teammates and everything just were extremely touching uh this was a this was a tough one to read read about i mean this was a very very sad incident that occurred uh former blue jackets captain nick folino um had this to say about him one thing i loved and appreciated about him was he had a great smile and always was in a good mood I know it's cliche, but that's exactly the the kind of guy he was, just enjoying his life as a 24-year-old living out his dream. And you could tell he didn't take one day for granted, which makes this tragedy even more hard to bear. Praying for his family and all of us who knew him, hard day for a lot of people in that organization.
2: Yeah, very sad. Like, Obviously, just a tragic accident. You know, I, I hate people seeing people on Twitter like speculate. Like leave that all alone. It's just really sad. Saw David Savard. Lo- he looked a little choked up when they did the tribute in uh, Montreal to him tonight. Obviously, a former teammate. So just really sad. Heart goes out to his family and yeah. and friends. It's sad.
0: There was a bar in Columbus where they always watched the the Jackets game, and they did an 80 second tribute for his number 80.
2: Good. There, that's nice. So, I like that. I mean, yeah, terrible tragedy. Terrible.
0: But yeah, another uh, wanted to bring that up real quick mm-hmm. uh, on here. Um, in other news, here we got uh, Victor Arvidsson was traded July first, uh, Nashville to uh, Na- Nashville moved him to Los Angeles for a second and a third round pick. A lot of people speculating possibly it was for uh, you know protection from Seattle expansion draft. Maybe a little bit of cap maneuvering. What were your guys' thoughts on this trade?
1: I was honestly shocked a bit, just because if uh, I I saw a lot of people talking about the expansion uh, draft is the reason why they might do this. But if you look at uh, if you look at uh, the National Predators, like I I would think even if you're going four and four, Arvidson is the type of guy, is the player, like is one of those four players who you'd keep. Like if they' I, I don't even know if I would keep four forwards on their team they have some pretty brutal contracts that like if I were them I would want to get rid of let me just pull them up quickly sorry but
0: with those a lot of those players you have to because in the no movement trade no, um, I, don't, no I, movement. I don't I no, don't think any of them, any have, them
1: have, have a no move no, none of them have a no movement the only guy that wise. does is Yosi so, so that's
2: why it's, like Jason's saying the expansion excuse makes no sense to me Yeah, so
1: so, so of, of the forwards who you have to protect. You're or, or, sorry, not have to, but are able to protect. Tell me which ones you would want to protect if you're the, uh, if you're the national predator. So you have Matt Duchesne making eight mil for the next one, two, three, four, five years. And Seattle how many,
0: how many out. points did Matt Duchesne put up just for context? Eight, I think less, yeah, less, think something like that. Sus- he was terrible. He was year. horrible. Go on.
1: Ryan Johansson, eight million, four years left. 13. He had 13 points this year, Matt. Yeah, so, Philip
0: Forsberg,
1: 6 mil, one year left. This is probably the only guy I would keep. Colton Sissons, 2.857. I wouldn't keep him. For would, four, okay. four years left. Maybe you keep him. I Honestly, I can't really speak too much. I, I don't know I how good Colton is. You Sissons signed him
2: for f- f- a, a bottom
1: sixer for five years. Yeah. Whatever. Like They signed uh, him for seven.
0: Yes. The original <laughs> contract is seven.
1: Luke Kunin, 2.3. <laughs> <Yeah, 2.3> yep, they're keeping sure. him. Okay, so they they're, they're keeping him for sure. That's a good. Okay, so R- Rocco Grimaldi, two mil, one year left. No, uh, Cal Yarncrook, two mil, one year left. He's like kind Don't of a. Have bottom. To. It's like yeah, a toss up guy. Nick Cousins, one and a half, one year left. Uh, Yakov Trenin, se- seven twenty five, one I think year left have to keep him. I think he's yeah.
2: not eligible. Yeah,
1: so that's that's pretty much it. And then UFAs, you have Grandland. Does Tolvanen no, have No, to he's be, not. According- I, Ily, yeah, Ily Tolvanen is not... The, he's not eligible to be picked. I did yeah. a little bit of according, research. According
2: to what I read, it's Trennan, Tolvanen, and Matthew Oliver all don't have to be...
1: Yeah. So protected. even if you protect four forwards, or sorry, 4D and four forwards, we kind of only pick two of four unless you're going to both re-sign Mikhail Granlin and Eric Holla and then protect them before the expansion draft when in reality, you, most teams in that situation where they have a UFA, probably have like a little handshake deal under the table, wait till after the expansion draft, then sign the player. Like that didn't really make sense. This trade didn't really make too much sense to me from that uh, point of view. Yeah. I agree. I I mean, if I was, or if I was Nashville,
2: but here's the thing. So if I was Nash when I was trying to keep a competitive team, I would have protected Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, Luke Kunin, and Victor Arvidsson. I would have prayed they took Matthew Shane. If they didn't and they take Yarncroft or Grimaldi or Sissons, I would pray they took Sissons over those guys. But, okay, no problem. We have some new cap space to work with this summer where there's a lot of good of those types of players. And then I would have just protected the 4D. But I don't know if they want to win. They might be. They might be on a, on the verge of a little bit of a tank here because that trade made no sense. If you're trying to win, I'm sorry. Victor Arvidsson. Also, I see a lot of people be like, "Oh, he didn't score. Only had 25 points this year. He shot six percent this year. Six. He's a career shooting percentage before the season of over 12 percent. Two years ago, he had 34 goals in 58 games. He was almost on a 50 goal pace. Like the year before that, he got hurt, so his numbers are a little down. But he still had. 15 goals in 57 games. Also, another thing about him, he scores a ton at even strength. A ton. I'll give it to you. 16, 17, 22 at even strength. 17, 18, 23 at even strength. 18, 19, 29 even strength goals in 58 games. That's crazy. That's Austin Matthews numbers. Yeah. Like, this guy is a legit five-on-five goal scorer. This is something that every single team could put right into their uh, top six, probably second line, but maybe even first line, and he would be uh, like a legitimately competitive good player on any team in the league it's That's a true. really good player and it's a really good get for LA
0: I agree with that one um when you're looking at it, you said you would protect Ryan Johansson I mean that guy has stunk the last couple of years he shot he had seven goals this year and shot 10%, 10 percent 10.4 percent I just 22, think he has, yeah. 22 points in 48 games him and Matt Shane combined for a 60 million dollar cap hit they had a combined 35 points this year combined 35 points.
2: My only thing with him is eight I eight mil. I feel like he's a little bit of a better play driver and in their system, right? He's kind of just like their, their centerman type. Like that's mm-hmm. he, and he's been there already. Like Duchesne just has never felt like the right fit. No. So that's, that's why I, if you, you're telling me, or, you know, we're going to protect Cal Yarncrock and try to flip him for a second or a third of the deadline and protect and, exposed Johansson and Duchesne, I have no problem with that either. I have no problem with that. Yeah. I would just really hope they took Matthew Shane. Like I'd be praying they take Matthew Shane.
0: Oh, 100%. That that contract is just brutal right it's tough, now. It's yeah. killing them. But on top of that, I mean I liked what you said regarding Victor Arvidsson. I think he's a fantastic player. That's like a, just a no brainer. I think for LA, you can't have another year of you finishing in last place and just getting your head caved in. It's really not good for the development of your younger players. You have to roster at least a semi competitive team. And when you're getting a guy like Victor Arvidsson, who has scored 30 plus goals before in the league can score at five on five as well to play top line. Sure. And to put a little bit more competitiveness into your team, I feel like it's a no-brainer for LA there. A second and a third. Like it's the, the LA's second already and a third. It's uh, LA's already
2: that. acquired a lot of picks and other trades, trading guys off. Like people are like LA's not trying to compete right now. Jason can show you. Go look at their division. They can make the playoffs next year.
0: Yeah. Go look go look at the division. Isn't Anaheim's in that division? San Jose. San Jose's in that division. <laughs> the
1: three Canadian teams, Edmonton, uh Cal- Calgary and Vancouver. Who Calgary and Vancouver did not look too. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a, it's by far the weakest division. And a- another small thing: even if the LA Kings don't compete this year or next year, I I'm almost convinced you can get Vicor- You could trade Victor Arvidsson at the deadline for a first plus hundred percent, like without no, a doubt I don't know in my plus, mind. Plus, but you could trade him for a first. I, round. If you retain any money on this deal, you could get a, you could get a lot of well, a lot for him. He's only making four point two five million dollars right now. If you retain a million dollars, you're going to get three million dollars for basically a thirty goal scorer. That's that's yeah, pretty played, that's pretty cool. He only good
0: played sixteen thirty six last year. I mean, you play him up to nineteen, you pump those numbers up a little bit, like
1: This is yeah, like this is the type of player who I'd want the least to sign in the offseason, honestly. Yeah, like, that would have been a fantastic so so player. like a left winger who can play on the top line, who can score goals. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of the prototype. What's
0: his, what's his cap hit for next year? Who? 4.25. Uh, yeah,
1: 4.25. 4, 2, 5. That's for him. the next three years. So and he's, he's he's
2: 28 right yeah. now. So he's 28. So this is like the typical age of a lot of the free agents that are out there that's right perfect. now. Perfect. He's at 4.25 for three years. There's going to be worse players as unrestricted free
1: agents that are going to get way more money in the longer term yep. than that current Arvinson. Yeah, for sure. Wow. For sure. Yeah. So I, I think it was a big, big win for L.A. Not so big win. A big loss for uh
0: I did think it was interesting what you were saying regarding does is Nashville doing this to stay competitive so they can protect all their good players and roster competitive team for next year, but then you brought up does Nashville really want to win next mm-hmm. year? And when you think about it, before the trade deadline, they were supposed to be sellers. The yeah. Leafs were supposed to be in on Mikael Granlin. They were supposed to be trading Mac- Matias Ekholm as well. Those were supposed to be two big pieces that were gone. The GM, D- Dave Poyle, even said... Everyone, I think, except for Philip Forsberg or maybe no, I said, said except for
2: Roman Yossi.
0: Except for exactly, is on the table for, to be traded. And then they got hot and then they ended up making the playoffs. They gave Carolina a run for their money there. Mm, yeah, UC yeah. Saros was fantastic. Whether they made it to six, few overtime games in there as well. Oh yeah, they did get caved in, in terms of expected goals. I forgot mm-hmm. about that part, but you know, not bad. I, Carolina finished first in the division. They, I, I think they gave him a decent fight at least. right? So maybe we do start to see Nashville selling off some more players. M- not now, but probably at the deadline. I don't know about the competitiveness of that team next year. I haven't taken a deep dive, but just the, their inability to score also really kills them. And losing one of their best school scores at 5-on-5, five five, that'll help you.
2: <laughs> the, l- the lucky thing for them is go look at the Western Conference next year for the NHL. It is significantly worse than the Eastern Conference. Like it is way, way worse. I'm gonna go down the Pacific Division. Okay, so we're talking, you know, Los Angeles, right? Like they got Arvidsson. Okay, he's not a massive pickup. He's a big pickup, though. Does that help them? Here, who's in that? Here's who's in that division. Okay, ready? We got Vegas, legit good team. The Edmonton Oilers, pretty good. Should be a playoff team, but like, obviously, weren't great. Mm-hmm. Vancouver Canucks.
0: And we'll see.
2: Calgary Flames could be massive sellers this summer. We could have a completely different Let's team. See. The Anaheim Ducks?
0: No.
2: Not good. The San Jose Sharks? Uh,
0: not good. The
2: Seattle Kraken? We'll TBA. see. Maybe. TBA.
0: Exactly. Depends and then, on-
2: and then Los Angeles. I mean, it's it's not a good conference. And the other division is St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas, Nashville, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Chicago, Arizona. It's not bad. It's not bad. But then you go look at the East, like this. East is significantly stronger, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And the the only thing that occurred to me right now that maybe I could see where like if, if if it wasn't for tanking and it wasn't for the expansion draft, the only other reason could be to create cap space to sign other guys. But I just don't it just they have what is it, twenty two million dollars in cap space next year. They have to sign UC Saros and they need another Ooh. backup goalie. They have to re sign Dante Fabro. Uh and then Matthew Olivier, Ilya Tolville, Tol I mean. Tol Tolvinin, Holla, yeah. and Granlund are their only other so th- those are a couple mm-hmm. players, but it's like if that's the reason why to create cap space, you traded the wrong guy by far. Yeah. I There's other guys making worse deals who you could have gotten rid of probably to another team who is, isn't like isn't cap like as restricted with the cap and and you could have uh yeah, you can. This, have this might be ones where player.
2: we'll have to see what happens in the expansion draft, yeah. and we'll have to see what happens in free agency. Then we may look at it differently. But like yeah. just looking at it as the way it is now, just seemed like an odd trade. Yeah, of course.
1: And and it's yeah, it's it's, it's almost like a move that screams like like not screams, but there's almost like a, a lack of of vision from the front office there in, in Nashville. Because I understand that they made the playoffs this year, and th- that's always good to make the playoffs. But it's like if you're going to be sellers that close to the deadline and then not sell make the playoffs and then immediately in the offseason turn around and trade one of your best players. I think that's like a lack of vision from the organization. That's well, maybe
0: uh, it's, it, there is vision, but we just don't, don't know. Which know that's true. Yes. It's exactly. Yes. It's yes. Tipping towards. Yes, but
1: hopefully it, it, they know which direction that, that's in. true. Cause like uh, well, the reason why I say lack of vision is cause they, it's two contradicting moves, not trading anyone at the trade deadline. And I guess, I guess they really didn't. Well, the, like, the only thing grand, is they, like, they, yeah, they didn't really have any like at, massive at home, expiring. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right? At home is on another year. So, um, yeah. Uh, another small thing I I, I want to just bring up is how good would LA be if they chose to move on from Jonathan Quick and Drew Doughty when they those guys were free agents, and they kept Alec Martinez and Jake Muzzin and Tyler Toffoli and like they they'd be a, a a pretty good team on the verge of competing right now.
0: Uh, I ha- I do have to look it up in terms of like what was Jonathan Quick's numbers and what were. Drew Doughty's numbers when they were expiring versus. In oh, and this is in obviously, hindsight.
1: I'm a hindsight hero right yeah, now. I'm not saying hindsight. that I, if I was the GM, I would have done this, this, and this. No, but it's just kind of funny to look at that. They traded away basically Alec Martinez and uh, Jake Muzzin because they weren't going to be able to resign them because they had Drew Doughty making $11 million. Both those players are probably better than Drew Doughty.
0: Yeah, there's and probably it,
2: somebody on Long Island saying, yeah, exactly, that's what we did with Tavares, and look at us now.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Um, But yeah, Jonathan Quick signed July 1st, 2012, and he was coming off of his Best NHL season by a mile. So how? And then was- after that, he put up one of his worst NHL seasons at nine oh two. Wait, how
2: is he not an? Exp- is he not? Is he a UFA this year? No. Oh my god, Jonathan he signed Quick? a ten. Is before? Oh, oh pre lockout. Yeah, pre lockout. Okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that okay. You I missed that. Yeah. But
1: even still, you don't even have to trade. John- I say that John the Quick contract's not bad. It's I'm not bad at it. all. It's not bad. I I thought it was a lot worse. I, I would misunderstand. But it's just the the Drew Doughty contract that was signed in twenty eighteen, the year before, basically the year that they did terribly.
0: Um the Jonathan yeah. Quick contract looks tough when you look at it in the, from the fact of 18 19 19 20, 20 21, and the fact that his other his goaltending partners making significantly less than him did outplay him like Cal yeah. Patterson was the starting goalie i think he is this their year starter. he's the starting goalie 911 save percentage this year versus Jonathan Quick's 898
1: And again being hindsight here. And then
0: on top of that, Jack Campbell who's making Uh, one and a half coming up from the minors. Like at one point I'm pretty sure I'm fairly sure Jonathan Quick got injured. They were rolling Jack Campbell and Cal Mm Peterson. Cal Peterson, sorry. And just the the goaltending numbers were pretty pretty solid. And then like not toot my own heart, I was I did say you know like podcast episode in my basement by myself, not that many listeners. But I was like I I do wonder if maybe they'll at least take a look at like the the LA situation. They do have Peterson and uh Campbell. They're going to have to move one of them because they're not going to be able to move quick. So
2: You're right. Amy. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I don't you know what,
0: what episode I said that, but, but the I the other thing say about that.
2: Dowdy is there was like rumors that he wasn't going to go <laughs> back. Yeah. And then yeah. they just offered him a massive deal. Massive deal. Like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they threw the bag at him. Yeah. And um yeah, he's having a tough go around there. Yeah, so yeah.
1: that's that's yeah a little bit of a philosophy for a GM: pay your stars, but not, not don't pay them for what they did; pay them what for what they're gonna do.
0: Yeah, it's true. But. it
2: Seems easier said than done. <laughs>
0: of <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, when a guy when these, we're boiling it down, when yeah. a set of players wins you two Stanley Cups, it's tough not to oh, yeah. reward them and and think that you know they're gonna be on the decline, but not that heavily. Because some of these guys just jumped off a cliff oh, yeah. in terms of their production.
1: And the only reason why I'm crapping on Drew Doughty is because the stuff he said about the Leafs. We all know it was you, Drew. You don't have to hide anymore.
0: He also just came, also. There's been interviews where he just came out and said like the Leafs suck at yeah. <laughs> the Leafs, whatever. Yeah. yeah, he loves the Leafs. He grew up a Leafs fan. I mean, I'm the they like the, <laughs> the the Kings don't get that much attention when yeah. he comes to Toronto and they stick a mic in his face. Of course, this guy's gonna run his mouth about the <laughs> leaves. He's just jealous. Yeah. It's like Olga from uh, Hey Arnold. Like <laughs> Drew Dowdy does have a closet in his house with a a shrine of the leaves. Maybe one day
1: <laughs> I wanna see that edited like a picture of that. Just Drew Dowdy opening up the closet and just leaves pictures <laughs> everywhere. Matthews Marner drawn across the room. The I statu- love it. <laughs> the
0: statue of Matt Sundin. I love that. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> Someone do that on Twitter. <laughs>
0: Why don't you? You I should do shot. it. Yeah, I should do that. Sorry. Get on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> another one. We got the Yoel the Erickson X signing. Uh, I mean, he came out big this season. He, he got a lot of Selkie love. Deservedly what so. Think? What do you guys think of that yeah, one? Yeah,
2: he's a he's a really good player. It's one of those, not a tough contract, but people will see him and be like, wait, who just signed for eight years? If you're not really following, obviously – He's a first-round pick, and he's a really good play driver, right? So the points numbers, don't look at the points numbers. Like, He's not going to put up 70 points for you. He's just not. If he does, then we're talking this is a steal contract. But we're talking about a second-line defensive-oriented center. You know, think, remember Sean Couturier before he blew up with points? That's kind of what this reminded me of. Like, Sean Couturier signed, like, a a six-year, four-and-a-half-ish deal. Similar cap percentage as this deal for Joel Eriksson-Eck, and, like, If he just stays as the defensive stopper gets Selkie votes like Philip Deneau type, for example, like it's not a bad contract. Mm -hmm. If he starts to put up a lot of points, it's a good value. So, like, I think the upside definitely outweighs the downside. The only worry for me is like eight years for a guy who plays a lot of tough minutes. Like, I assume those last two years are probably bad. But, again, we say this all the time. Anytime you sign a free agent to a long-term deal, pretty much. Yeah. Even though this is an RFA, he's an older RFA, right? He's 24 years old, so. You know, thirty two by the time of the end of the contract, but I I don't think this contract kills you in any any way, shape, Should. or form. At so all.
0: I mean, when you look at it, his relative course, he was his relative possession was a positive two point three, and he started forty three point one percent of his plays in the offensive zone. Like to me, it just shows good possession, good possession relative to the rest of his team, being played more so in the defensive end. Is there any worry his PDO, so his on ice shooting percentage plus his on ice save percentage, um, being 103.5, as well as his shooting percentage going up from. Why did this number move away from me? It's going up from 7.8% to 16%. He,
1: now that you mention it, yes, but also he was. He's now. He. I believe he played with Fiala and, uh, um, Kreil Kaprazov, right? Or was it just Kaprazov and Green? I'm not I, too sure, but that I, would do it. <laughs> I, I I know he's he's was playing with one of Fialov or Kaprazov, which could help explain those increase in numbers. Okay. Um, but the PDO is a little bit worrisome. But again, like you're not you're not paying him to score 60 points in a year, 70 points in a year. You're paying him to be a, a good. Two way player, uh, an elite defensive player. Don't
0: with some offense.
1: With some oh, offense, he's almost like a, a a younger, more offensively skilled Philip Denot. I just said that. Did you say that? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, attention. it's all we good. Pulling up the chart, I, I
2: was pulling up the charts. <laughs> I knew you were so about really. to say it. to him, like, is this guy gonna say exactly what I just said? <laughs>
0: Holy so smokes! Hammering home. It's younger, it's more Got skilled you. Philip know. Yeah,
1: so that's that's honestly, I feel like that's the best way to to put it. He, and like, uh, it's good good work for Minnesota the way they structured this deal. Because I know you were you were saying that he was I'm I'm not going to repeat what you said but you were saying that the last two years he's going to be what 31 32 maybe not producing as much offense historically players produce their most amount of offense between 26 28 and they start to decline after that so they're ma- he's only making four and a half million dollars uh, in this in his second last year and three million dollars in his last year so it what should be ten 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 point five million dollars in the last few years of Uh, cap dollars he's only making seven and a half million dollars actual dollars so a team like that doesn't that wants to be like wants to increase their cap but not actually pay out the player Player, uh, Ottawa Senators. Yeah, they yeah. front loaded. The, they front loaded the deal. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't. They actually mid loaded it, which mid loaded oh, yeah. three million. Oh. The which, front- which
2: the players want because of the current cap slash escrow yeah, situation. Yes,
1: and the, because there also might be, I think a lockout in the twenty six, twenty seven. Those are like potentially yeah, lockout years or so, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it's it's like a, it, it's a movable deal at thirty one, thirty two. Where if he does, like, where, where if he ends up becoming like a a, a Riley Nash type, where he's like kind of just not really useful. In any role yeah. other than a third line Barry. Okay, I'm not.
0: I, I feel like you guys are mentioning 32 of it's as if it's like 46. Yeah, it's not that old. It's not that <laughs> old. It's not <laughs> that old. It's
1: not that old. But uh, for someone who, yeah, he just, uh, uh, yeah, he's still also, like, a old. Not to nitpick your point,
2: but like seven and a half actual dollars versus ten cap dollars is not a big discount. Like that's not a huge difference. It's a discount
1: though. It's a discount.
2: So the it's best way to discount. summarize him for me is like he's a really good play driver. So like his fancy stats are really good. Will, his, will he become a great player? I don't know. Like, I don't think so. I think, I think he's probably always going to stay a good player. Mm-hmm. If he becomes a great player, great. But he's always going to be a solid addition to your lineup. Yeah, so. yeah. He's kind of like a younger, more skilled <laughs> Philip to <tonight>. know. <laughs> like, if we want to pull up <laughs> some stats, like, in terms of percentiles, like, use Dom's numbers. He's 87th percentile in terms of offensive play driving, 98th percentile in terms of defensive play driving, with the 92th percentile difficulty of minutes. Go to jay Fresh. If you don't like Dom, you Fresh, another good guy we use. 92% percentile in offensive play driving, 97% percentile in defensive play driving. Playing against 93rd percentile quality of competition. Like, it's a good, pretty good numbers. the only problem, again, like you pointed out, Joe, which is a great point, shooting percentage ballooned up this year. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like that next year. He's not a 30-goal scorer. No. Pencilman, 15 goals, 25 assists, 40-ish points. Again, pre-offensive yeah. boon, Sean Couturier is like, what i really think
1: he is and contract's not going to kill you and he's going to be a good player yeah the only thing i'm I'm worried about now if, if i'm uh uh minnesota is trying to lock up krill kaprazov and what, Kev, what's going on with Kaprizov? kevin fiala to to the That's to, that to that like
0: st- just try and get but another eight the most
2: recent the most recent news on kaprazov is that the khl is really trying to pull him back
0: right for the olympics especially yeah. yeah i mean it's russia that'd be a huge loss for Minnesota. that'd be cra- oh that
2: That'd be a huge loss. That's their star player, honestly. The other thing, quick to mention, for Minnesota, they signed Nick Buttstad to like 900k for one year.
1: Another, so and, they, and they I, I think they they don't even care about signing players because I think they already know they're going to lose one of four defensemen, or sorry, one of their f- five. I, I who who are they going to lose in the expansion
0: draft? We can discuss that. We can discuss that you know, later. later. Yeah, that's time. that's for another episode but for sure. They
1: got a they got a good team, so
0: it'll be interesting. What kind of player do you think Minnesota needs to add become to become that next-level team? Because it looks like right now, from what I'm seeing, a lot of good defensive players they got there. Marcus Foligno, as we mentioned, Yul Eriksson. like a young Philip the more skilled. <laughs> um, on top of that, there was one other guy that's ex- escaping me. Uh, Nick Bonino, pretty good defensive forward as well there. You're unrestricted
2: free agent, though.
0: Oh, well that's, well, that's a tough one there. But I think <sighs>
2: they'll definitely want to sign him. He's from Minnesota, right?
0: Yeah. Mm, that's true too, and but he was
2: really good for them. So,
1: Marcus, was Marcus Johansson good for
0: them this year? He's okay. I don't. He's think a he center That's, right that's why right I ask that depth guy. Depth but guy. Um, so he played almost sixteen minutes. So for them to, to no piggyback idea. off
2: your point, number one, lock up Kevin Fiala. Ideally, if you can get him on like a six-seven year at like five ish lock him up right away. Yep. He hasn't had that balloon offensive year this year because. It was this year, but because of COVID and stuff, he's a he is their best non-Kaprazov offensive player. And honestly, if you twist my arm and told me next year is better than Kaprazov, I'm not surprised. I think he's a really good player. I think you get him for... I think he's a Nylander-level player, in my opinion. Wow. So he's a really good player. I think they need to add, add another higher-skilled offensive guy. Again, it, it seems like they like their center dis- distribution. Ideally, I would like a little more offensive... Oriented center on that roster, but they locked up Zuccarello. You couldn't move him to the wing again. You've signed Joel Eriksson now. Mm-hmm. You wanted to resign Nick Bonino, like Nick Bustad, Victor Ras plays a little center. Like I'd try to get a center if you could. It's not, those guys aren't built, aren't don't grow on trees. So, I'd look at that middle six winger depth again. Just add another good, defensively sound. Uh, Brandon Sod, You put him on Minnesota, he'd be great. Like, how about a guy who's been down and out these past couple of weeks, Thomas Tata? Yeah, that'd be good too. I would. That would be good. That'd
0: be. An, that'd be. Uh, yeah, I uh, agree. That'd be a great.
2: I, I still think they need to sign their good players. I, oh, I don't yeah, think. For sure, for I, sure. I. I wouldn't be going in on like a older mm-hmm. grit type guy, though. I think top
0: that, they got Mirko Rossi coming. Yeah, too. Yeah. He's, That's he, a great player.
2: So I I try to stay as like, kind of, I wouldn't mm-hmm. cap out per se if I was in, should I have a little flexibility kind of be, don't ball out on a free exactly. agent. And then Pretty we'll much. see what happens next year. Cause the problem is they still got to pay Parise for three, four more years. Mm-hmm. Suter at least can still play. Like we'll see. Expansion is going to make it a big difference for them. They should yeah. really try to deal Dumba if they can, but we'll see.
0: I like their top two uh, prospects. They got here too. I mean, before the the new management regime came in, that Philip Johansson pick was just an absolute joke. Picking yeah. him before Rasmus Sandin, I don't know what the heck you're doing there. But um, I you. mean, the last two Marco Rossi's a home Matthew run for us. Boldy oh, and Boldy's Marco right. Rossi. Yep. Marco Rossi, thank God he's okay. He had some terrible COVID issues he this did, year. Yeah. But him and Matthew Boldy. Matthew Boldy is like a, a younger, more mobile James Van Riemsdyk thing. Very yeah. good hands, great finisher. Um, and then Marco Rossi is an electric player there. You add those two in, in a couple of years. I mean, and on top of locking up, as you mentioned, all those, the younger players, and then you add that one more little piece in there. I think, I think you got a baller team in Minnesota. I do.
2: They, they remind me a lot of Montreal when I look at their build, honestly, like, yeah, I think, I think a bit better. Yeah, I actually, yeah. I actually want to watch
0: Minnesota. I know. I'm just lot. saying, but like if you want to, if you want to,
2: because I feel like the way we're talking makes seem like they're one of those like half in, half out teams, which I don't think. I think they're pretty. In they're right. in I think out. they're
0: yeah. half in, but they're almost all the way, like Correct. on like, the way up. Yeah, the trajectories. They, the they, sure. they have
2: some good guys signed. They have young players
1: that they'll probably lock up again. Just get Cappers on and Fiala sign, and we're just
0: we're rolling from there. Yeah,
1: I think their their only thing is like. Is Camp Talbot going to be their goalie going forward? Is he? Do we think that he's a, a starter? Is well, they have him and kakinen both locked up. Yeah. For, I think combined oh, like yeah, under Kackinen, five mil. Yes, yeah, yeah, they have sorry, a great sorry. goaltending yeah. situation too. Right, so so, forgot about that guy. So interesting, yeah, interesting, good, an good interesting
0: Minnesota Wild t- <laughs> tangent that we went on. First, there.
1: first the Nashville Predators, then a, a Nashville's
0: hind- on the way down. <laughs> Minnesota's on the way up. up yeah. I'm telling you that much. Oh yeah, um, stonks. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, the other thing I wanted to get into was a little bit of rat race, a different sort of less yes and no this year, this time around, a little bit more actual answers. But to make them a little bit, it got to be make them quick or they're not, um, rat race, they're racing. not Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, first one inspired by David, uh, July fifth being the anniversary of David Clarkson signing with the Leafs. Worst Leafs free agent signing off the top of your head?
1: David Clarkson Except finger.
0: <laughs> Ooh, that's not a bad one. And Mike Commissarek <laughs> was mine. Okay, yeah.
1: It's just the fi- the story behind fingers for those. Like, I feel oh, yeah, I feel yeah, I like we brought it up before on the podcast, but yeah, it's, go 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 look it up if you who haven't. Who was the
0: defenseman they thought he was? I, I have no Cliff idea. Fletcher was Cliff Fletcher was like ninety yeah. years old at yeah. the time, so I wouldn't be surprised. Sure, that's yeah. the
1: old boys club that runs the NHL. Is Clarkson
2: right. an unfair answer? Because that's the first one that, top, that pops into my head.
0: Uh, you have one more?
2: If they sign Foligno to a big contract. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> They're not going to sign that's him to true. a big contract. <laughs> um, we got some good comments in here. A lot of people just said, it's David Clarkson, you can't find a worse one. Yeah, I mean. um, a couple people mentioned some trades, which a little off topic. One guy was saying, Phil Castle's eight-year deal simply because they agreed to retain it. That's, but it wasn't for a bad. Another, deal. Yeah, it's not. It's not terrible. Eight by eight for he, your halfway through, he was sniper. getting ninety points on yeah. Pittsburgh. Like he, it's he, not. He
1: should have won the the. Uh, I agree, yeah. but
0: it's a tough contract. Look for the Leafs when you're paying a guy to not play for your team, and you're in yeah. a cap. Sure, I, by
1: that, by that
0: perspective, a little bit of revisionist yeah. history, but, but like, like also, I thought it, it was an interesting point of view.
2: If we have to summon the blame for that, blame it onto the, the back-to-back GM of the year, Lou Lamorello, who cool. retained that contract. So,
0: Not bad. Um, Hard-nosed GM. Yeah, Clark's Plumbing Ontario 24 said, Clark's in the worst without a doubt. So bad they had to trade him for someone who would never play hockey ever <laughs> again. But then he
1: proceeded um, to never play hockey ever again after I, that. I got
0: an interesting players.
2: one that I didn't think it was bad, but it ended up being bad. Again, partially due to Lou Lamorello. Again, Patrick Marlowe. What about David one. Boland? They traded for him. Ah, yeah.
1: shoot.
0: Yeah. Also, he, he got injured and he would, he wasn't that bad for the least. He was the, problem, the problem
2: with mind. Marlo is a lot of people said it too. It's like, it was ex- I was really excited when they signed him that first year. I thought he was really good for us. Yeah. Like second year is tailed
0: off. Then like the third year, he was not playable. My thing was first. first year. He was a product of Mitch Marner. I found yeah. decent ad who <laughs> that guy that everyone wants to trade. Um, I thought he was a decent ad, like good. He was on the third line. He put up 20 goals, but mainly the, the start of the year, he was not putting up very good numbers. It was only until they put Mitch Marner with him and Kadri that they both started putting up good numbers. Um, on top of that, the the funny thing about that Marlow contract that you mentioned, a lot of people were saying it's very front loaded. The third year, because because it was everyone was saying why two, why three years not two? Well, we don't get to. Put the number down for the player, kind of thing. If you want, if we want to sign a six, um, if we wanted to sign him to two years, it would have been closer to seven and a half per for a guy that was thirty eight years old at the time. So you gave him three years, and the logic behind it, where everyone was defending it, was saying you front loaded. The last year was like one million real salary for a six million dollar cap hit player. You just trade him to Ottawa Senators, Arizona Coyotes, Florida Panthers, someone that was trying to get up to the cap floor, and an easy deal. You get the two good years out of them. You get the cap space out of the way. But, obviously, the issue you run into is the player did not want to be traded anywhere. <laughs> he said San Jose or bust. Yeah. So Ooh, uh, Yeah, that did not end up
2: well. Another, no. I have a couple other ones. Can, I know it was a rat race, but these will be good memories oh, yeah. for Leaf fans.
0: Well, just remember you blanked on the the original answer. No, I said David Clarkson,
2: 2011. Tim Connolly, if anyone remembers that one, Ooh. that was the summer where Burke was absolutely horny to get a centerman for us. There's a lot of guys on the market that year. We Brad had Richards, they chased Brad, Brad Richards, Richards, Joe Thornton, Chris Drury, Patrice Bergeron. That was a, not a real thing though. Um, so like, there's a lot of good free agent, you know, opportunities there, and we end up with Tim. Do you know what happened,
0: though, like why we ended up with Tim Connolly? Explain it to me. So the Leafs chased after Brad Richards hard. hard. And the reason that uh, Brian Burke didn't pull the trigger on it was he said he was like, I remember him saying this, oh, Brad Richards wanted that front-loaded deal, the extended length. We didn't want to do that deal. I think those deals are ridiculous. Like, that's why we didn't end up signing him. And New York ended up getting him. And now New York needs to pay him until, like, 2025. Wow. And they needed to use a compliance buyout on him, and he didn't perform somehow in the cup runs. And
2: my other one Crazy. would be, I mean, Robita. Ro- like, the invention of the term Robida Island, just for sentimental reasons,
0: the amount of times that's been oh, used. God. Like, That'll that's another funny way. one. Declan Sweeney brought up uh, the Raycroft trade. Yeah. But that's a trade. I mean, yeah. It's <laughs> a different category. It's still bad. Yeah, it's
2: right. yeah. The bad trades are probably worse than the bad Oh, crowd. yeah. You In could science. find a lot of one bad One pretty trades.
0: funny comment we also got was from Curtis, Curtis Doherty Art said, As much as numbers are a factor, no one can ever be as bad of value as Akiberg. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: come on. I like wow. that. <laughs> I
0: thought that one was really funny. Fair, very fair. Um, JMC the director said the way Marner performed in the playoffs who knows maybe his will someday be the worst contract no
1: <laughs> that's what I give that
0: <laughs> um, Dave Carl 70 said any other answer than Clarkson is wrong that was a effing train wreck <laughs> but he, he makes 30 something mill off of it so I'm sure he's thrilled <laughs> <laughs> thought those were pretty funny but thank you to everyone that commented. There were solid comments in there. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Oh, my! Sorry, I did one of the questions. Yeah, we got to wrap it um, up. To wrap it up, one word that would uh, one word that the Big J's are going to use to describe Montreal's effort tonight. Gutsy.
1: Gritty. Gritty. Yeah, I don't know. You, you you took it from me.
0: Um, spirited. Sp- yeah. It was a, a hearty what? effort. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm not really good with the one word. I'm trying to think of like a French word to use. They love doing that, eh?
1: Like Gagnon. Oh. Yeah. Gagnon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gagnon. I don't know.
0: All to describe an effort where you got your faces caved in in terms of chances and Tampa Bay hit three posts. So, congratulations. Only thing I'll give to them, they killed off that three-minute penalty before yeah, they, in overtime.
1: They did a good job of that. Kudos.
0: Mm-hmm. i still yeah. still not going to say something nice about Josh Anderson, though anyways that pretty much wraps up everything i got you guys got any closing thoughts
1: i had a rat race question but i i, I forgot about it so
0: wow <laughs> all right <laughs> i honestly shouldn't even have said that you didn't even bring the pen and paper this i time. forgot I the know. pen
1: and paper that was the biggest mistake is
2: that kind of gonna be a leaf yes no i just kidding no,
1: no. all it's
2: right gone. go uh, let go go least go, go,
0: least go.